When you hear the phrase, soft as steel, what do you think of? While the word steel might conjure up images such as massive high-rise buildings, where does the soft part come in? And what exactly does this mean in our work and in our lives? Welcome to the Soft as Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran, featuring engaging conversations with a wide range of industry leaders around soft skills, how we practice love, inclusion, social justice, and compassionate leadership that's everlasting in the workplace. And now, here's Dennis Duran. I am delighted to have as my guest today, Doreen Bartoldis. I first met Doreen during my tenure as Vice President of Professional Development at the Construction Management Association of America, CMAA. She has been an active leader in CMA for many years, particularly in the New York City area. Doreen has enjoyed a long and accomplished career in the construction industry, beginning her career at a time when she was one of a very small number of women in engineering and project management. She was once described as being bossy. Her reply to this individual was simply to say, I am the boss. Doreen has led complex, multi-phase, multi-prime construction contracts. Her roles encompass design, resident engineering, construction management, design liaison, quality control, inspection, and testing. Her expertise spans a wide range of facilities, including water distribution and treatment, tunnels, shafts and distribution chambers, pumping stations, solid waste facilities, storm and sanitary sewers, wastewater treatment facilities, community parks and recreation facilities, and highways. I would say that's pretty diverse. She has managed projects with construction values ranging from $1 million to $1.4 billion. She's been an important and influential leader throughout her career, speaking on behalf of women in the construction industry, and in 2022, served as the president of the National Association of Women in Construction. Doreen, welcome to the Soft to Steel podcast. Wow, thank you, Dennis. That was just very humbled by your introduction. And yeah, you did your research. If you knew I said I was the boss. Mm -hmm, <laughs> so. mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> that was a great interview. Uh -huh. that, uh, was published. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so let's start on that thing. So share with our audience when that happened. You can leave names of companies and individuals out, of course. Sure. What brought you to say that? What was going on? Well, I said it because it wasn't too long ago. Um, and, you know, everyone wants to, things are getting better, right, for women in construction. I mean, it, it definitely is, but uh, these things are still going on. These just sort of, you know, different biases that come across. And I'm sure he didn't like consciously say it, but it came up because it had happened more recently, like just a few years ago. And I had just taken over a project and walked in and there were young men and an older man all busy on the project. And the guy wanted to sit down and talk with me. And I said, sure. I sat down and told him, he said, the guys are kind of feeling uncomfortable and this, you know, he goes, you know, you're being, he goes, and I'm just going to be straight with you. You're being kind of bossy. <laughs> I said, well, I am the boss. <laughs> and I just said, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just doing things the way I've always done them. You know, and they got over it. I mean, it took a while. That was my first month on that project. And I had walked into a project that they had been together for years. And they had different bosses, you know, different managers, I should say. I don't like to use the word boss, but, you know, when they call you bossy, you know, hey. <laughs> so, you know, we just managed to continue to communicate and just, you know, move on but it came up because it was recently and i was pretty surprised yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's not like women have been in the construction industry for just a few weeks correct neither you know. am i and this was a person i had worked with years before 
So really, yeah, he was on another project years ago and I came back, you know, when I came to this project and we kind of met up again. So he knew I've been a boss for a while. So it was right, just right. kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move away from the bossy thing sure. for a second. How many years in total has your career been to this point? At this point, it's like 45 years. I was not the typical, I didn't start right out, like college right out of school. I had a daughter at a very young age. I was married at a very young age, had my daughter at a very young age, divorced at a very young. So I became a draft person out of high school, and I've been in construction and engineering ever since. So it's been about 45 years of uh, working in construction. I started out working with contractors. Mm -hmm. I got my degree at night. I got my bachelor's degree at night. And in uh, about 1993, I switched over to consulting, and I did some design. Mm -hmm. And once I got my PE, I went for my PE, I wanted to get back into construction. So I went back on the consulting side, but doing inspection and res engineering and then construction mm -hmm. management and then, you know, business development, all the fun stuff to get me here. So, right. Mm -hmm. So, so your first, your first job in the industry was as a draft person. Yes. Uh, and so, all right. <laughs> so was it, was it with the thought that you uh, are, are looking at a long-term career in construction or was it uh, with the thought that this is a job I can do? So I'll just go ahead and do this job. It was a job I could do. And I thought I would be an architect. Like when I was all in right. high school, I went to an all girls high school and, you know, engineering was not exactly a thing for women to go into. My father was an engineer, but um, mm -hmm. I was good in math and good in art. And so I figured I would just go into architecture and my father had a friend who ran a, had an engineering company and was willing to give me a job to kind of try out, you know, being, you know, in an engineering architecture firm. So, mm -hmm. and it was hand drafting. So I went in, got trained and did some, uh, you know, basic drafting. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it just, uh, you know, you, you hear, you hear stories about, uh, about uh, the challenging times for different, different people, different, uh, mm -hmm. different ethnic backgrounds, different races, different genders, entering mm -hmm. professional uh, career paths, yes. um, whether it's whether it's law, accounting, engineering. Um, and you hear this, you, you, it seems like you hear and see the same stories all, over and over again. Mm -hmm. The people that, that, that blaze the trail uh, initially uh, had somewhere in their background, someone of, of, uh, that influenced them uh, who was in was in a in a profession in the industry, right? Um, uh, and uh, and that typically uh, was a male, uh, <laughs> and it typically was a male who wasn't uh, saying to you, mm -hmm. "I really want you to get into this industry. I, I really want to see you commit yourself to a long term career in the construction industry." In your case, um, rather they said, "Let's well, you know, I've got somebody that runs an architecture firm, and you know, maybe he'll give you a shot, and you can do learn how to be a, a draft person." And, yep. and, and, we'll, and we'll see where it goes for there, from there. What's interesting about this man, uh, he had an engineering firm, but he had six daughters. And one of the daughters was working there, and she was the one who trained me. So, And she was, she was studying to be architect also. So it is a little odd. It was a little odd for the time. So I, I kind of I lucked out and, and got an opportunity. Yes. When, when, did, you, when did you figure out that, uh, that uh, I'll deal with all the, all the BF because <laughs> – because I think this is an industry I want to be part of. When did you when did you make that decision? Well, I started going to school at night, and actually, I took business courses first, and then um, I started going into architecture. And then I realized it it was not satisfying me to be like a design focused person. I wanted to know more about how these things get built and how they. And I decided to then go into engineering. So, um, and I I remember telling my father, and he goes, "You don't want to be an engineer." And I said, "Yeah, I do." 
And, uh, but later he was very proud of me when I graduated and continued on. So, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really, it's so important. And, and I, and I didn't, I didn't realize in, uh, in thinking about having this conversation with you that we would be able to have this kind of a conversation, but I really, I really think it's important to give, uh, folks that may listen to this conversation, a, a very personal account of, uh, again, of, of, of the journey of someone mm -hmm. who now, uh, is an industry leader. Uh, is highly regarded, and again, you may not be yourself that way, but you are. Appreciate You're respected. <laughs> uh, you were the president of perhaps the, the most at, at present time, and I want to talk about NAWIC a bit as well. Sure. Uh, perhaps the most most one of the most important organizations in the industry uh, that is focused entirely uh, on on uh, on ensuring uh, that the industry continues to wake up to the reality that over half of the population. Uh, happen to be women, yes. and we have we have a, a, a an infinitesimal fraction of those women engaged in any capacity in the construction industry. Yes, uh, and and uh, so that continues to need to be talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, so so if you could if you could put your I know you're the immediate past president as we're having this conversation, sure. uh, but having just left your tenure, uh, could you put your 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 NAWIC, uh, hat on and uh, inform our audience about what you think the state of the industry is. Uh, with regards to uh, women in the industry? Um, well, you had it exactly right. We have a population that is more women than men, and we have more women in schools and in, in engineering school. Um, but by the time they get to their careers and then move on in the engineering, the engineering and the built environment industry, uh, our numbers decrease. And then our numbers even decrease even more in management and leadership as time mm -hmm. goes on. Um, and that's, that's sort of... Uh, that's the tale of engineering and some other, a lot of other industries. Um, women in construction, when I first started working with NAWIC, which was about 18 or 19 years ago, uh, we were about 10% and the needles moved just slightly. We're like 11 or 12% now. Uh, for the women in trades, we're only like four or 5%. The needle has shifted just a little. It's good to see it move, but it needs to move a lot more. So we're still very much the minority, uh, uh, the, the female gender, and um, and we're working on diversity and inclusion for everyone, actually. So, um, like I said, I think we're getting better. I think we're looking looking at the DEI the last few years. We're really focused on DEI. Mm -hmm. It's making things better for everyone. You know, making mm -hmm. uh, the industry more inclusive for women makes it more inclusive for everyone. So that's that's the I I see that focus now, and I'm enjoying some you know watching the change, um, but it took a long time. It was a long time coming. And I know we, we have to just stay on that path and persevere, um, mm -hmm. continue along. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so for, I see great things. I mean, women are doing great, you know, women do great work in the industry where I think when we, um, when we're on a team or we're a part of a team, just like uh, diversity, I think we improve the team. I think a more diverse team is a is a better project, a better collaboration, more ideas, more innovation. Um, and I think construction is the better for it at, mm -hmm. at this point. So, yeah. So um, the the uh, the folks that are still resisting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the folks that are, yeah, yeah. Well, I, well, maybe they're not. Maybe I'm being a little harsh here. You know, what, what do I know about being an old white guy? I mean, really, seriously. Um, you know, th there there is resistance. Um, you know, I heard just as recently as uh, 
is last week uh, the idea that that even on on, on DEI, mm-hmm. uh, there, there are people in leadership of different organizations that are starting to uh, uh, to whiplash a bit. And yeah. say, I, we don't we don't I, I don't want to do this anymore. It's you know it's enough already. Let's uh, let's move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, why 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 do you think they're persisting? I think it's um, there's there's a fear. I think. Um, you know, they think it's a, I don't know, is it called the zero sum where they think if, if I get it, it takes it away from them. And that's not really true. Mm-hmm. Um, so years ago, I remember being in the field, right. When I was working for a contractor and there were a couple of women flaggers or whatever, and they, they were in a time when things were slowing down. It was a highway project. They were slowing down cause it was winter time and they had to lay a few people off. So they kept one woman and they, and, uh, and they let the other guys go. And I remember a guy saying, like, I have a family to support, you know, mm-hmm. you, know you know, we have families to support. Why don't they just lay off the women? They don't have a family. And I'm like, uh, you know, and there I was a single mom going, right. That may not be true. And how can you just kind of generalize like that? Yeah. So I, I think um, there's a lot of that sort of um, ingrained sort of bias that, you know, you know, women don't need the jobs as much as men or. Uh, you know, but I think at this point, it's just a little bit more of a fear. Like, are they going to take over? Are they going to take the job that I want? You know, um, mm-hmm. um, I think it, I think it's more fear than anything else, Dennis, at this point. You know, there yeah. might be some ingrained biases. People maybe just didn't grow up with it. Maybe, uh, you know, um, or they're just not educated enough. And they don't understand or they haven't actually worked in, in that kind of environment with other women. So that's it's a more of a fear of the unknown. Kind of deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, 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 the way you say that, it, it sounds like it's another, you know, in, in the culture of the construction industry, you know, at the trades level, mm-hmm. uh, there, you, you, and you still hear it, even though there's there's a dire need to try to get the, the younger generations interested in the, in the industry at all levels, mm-hmm. uh, through, through the college route into 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 uh, uh, engineering uh, and construction management, but there's a significant need. Uh, at the at the at the tools and the trades level, right. uh, to try to get young people into the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the one of the cultural things that, that again also seems to persist is this notion on the part of the folks who have a lot of experience in the tools and the trade, mm-hmm. uh, not being willing uh, to uh, be part of the, the the transfer of knowledge and, and understanding about about their trades. Right. Uh, to young, to younger people with mm-hmm. the, with their rejoinder being uh, because I you know <laughs> they'll take my job you know they'd rather have you know three or four apprentices at this uh, hourly rate than have me at my hourly rate kind right. of thing exactly yeah there's that and then you know there, there's also the other stereotype you know women can't handle the job you know they can't handle the labor and that's that's you know the women are proving them wrong so what can I tell you <laughs> so yeah you know yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it, it's it's uh, in some regards, it's it's unfortunate that this is an important topic for us to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, uh, but again, we're, we're we are we're not even close to being there yet. Um, no. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a gen- I think it's going to take a, at least a generation for it to, for it to happen. I I have lived through a generation already with my yeah. forty five years, and like I said, I see it better. But it, it, yes, I think it's I think you're right. It's going to be yeah. a generation or so to really yeah. kind of make things more equitable. Um, 
well, hopefully they move the equitable mark first, and then more women will get into the field. I mean, there's there's so many, because of the ingrained stereotypes, not, not a lot of young women even know it's a career they could choose. So, right. you know, so it's all that, right? Yeah. Change yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know those those, those uh, the, the younger women, the younger females. You know their you know their their perception again is based on whatever the biases of their of their family and their community is. Um, yeah. And again, when when at least when I was in high school, uh, again I'm, I'm I'm many years older than mm-hmm. you are. I mean, because you started at the age of five, <laughs> and began your forty five years. Okay, career. I'll take it. <laughs> you take that. You'll take that. Okay. Well, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm from I'm from New Jersey. I I don't know how to behave. You know, so I say silly things sometimes. Yes, but no. but you know, I think that, you know, you know, the the point is, uh, just generally speaking, uh, the industry is again. There's there's more and more activity, uh, more organized activity, more coordinated activity to try to, in the words of the of the of the uh, uh, director of the uh, Canadian Building Trades, which is a part of the of the mm-hmm. North American Building Trades. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. um, he said to me in a conversation that, that we need to tell a different story about the construction industry. We're telling we're telling the wrong story. Yes. Uh, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and I think I think that I think that speaks very in a very specific way to what the challenge is, mm-hmm. and that the, and that the story needs to be told by a wide range of of people mm-hmm. who believe that the, it's, it's a story that's worth telling. Uh, yes. that, that, that don't just kind of uh, just kind of flex back and say, well, I've tried, you know, we, 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 we had some, some little uh, career fair thing, or we had some program at this high school or, right. or, we, or, or we took these elementary school kids and had to make things out of boxes. Um, but <laughs> we got nothing out of it, but those right. are all, those are all the kinds of things that again, th- if you view this as a, as a, as a multi-generation transitional kind of a problem, these right. are the kinds of things that we need to be doing mm-hmm. uh, and more and more of them. Um, particularly yeah. as it targets um, women who have, and, and again, somebody else uh, made a comment that I thought was interesting, something along the lines, and this is not a quote, but in my recollection, uh, not, not being being dissatisfied uh, because it seems like the, uh, to this person, it seemed like there are, uh, more, there's more and more efforts being put on women in construction uh, there, than there are men of, of particular colors in construction. Oh, okay. Well, that well, that is a problem too. But yeah, mm-hmm. well, again, this is you know, and again, maybe it's because, and I think part of my response to this person, well, you know, one of the you know one of the situations there is that this 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 uh, this category uh, mm-hmm. that's called women, uh, there are are women of every every skin color, every ethnicity, right. uh, every cultural background right. that are women, and mm-hmm. and they're, and they're still when you add them all together, there's more of them than there are of men. Right. Uh, and so so that 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 may be one of the reasons why we, we have this emphasis, but then you get also into the very pedestrian biases, you know, like women can't lift heavy, heavy objects. Right. Right. You know? And I was just in a glass, in a glass manufacturing facility uh, uh, this morning and mm-hmm. got to walk around to see their facility. Uh, and they, they, and they pointed out to me all the different uh, technologies, uh, you know, the hydraulic uh, equipment, right. yeah. obviously mm-hmm. a heavy degree of computerization. Things that uh, happen. Yeah. And, 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 and I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, you know, I, I think, I, I think uh, that a woman could use this device and, and move a, a big hydraulic thing that p- picks up with suction cups, an extremely heavy piece of glass and moves it safely to another location. I, th- I think a woman could probably do that. I'm being a little sarcastic, but I think you, you get yes. the point. Yeah, no, there's, you know, technology will help. And like I said, if it's helping a woman, it's helping a man too. I mean, like these guys wear out, right? 
uh, the right. economics of it all. So when things are made simpler or easier, more people can do. And if you think about the, uh, I'll just say the differently abled also, you know, mm-hmm. yes, um, you know, the things that well, that's, they a great, that's, a, that's a great way to say it. That's a mm-hmm. perfect way to say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so, so let's, let, let me, let me, move, let me shift to another, sure. another kind of front of conversation because mm-hmm. uh, we, it will segue from the glass, uh, the glass manufacturing into, uh, uh, into this. And that is technology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I think of, you know, remote controlled, uh, 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 hydraulic equipment, I, I think that's a technology. When I see a computer screen, it's a technology again. So technology to me is not just the highfalutin AI driven stuff, although that's coming around too. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell a secret. The reason I had some very specific words that uh, articulated all the different kinds of projects you'd be involved in, because I went into uh, chat GPT. Oh, really? And I, and I asked them, you know, tell me, tell me, you know, share with, you know, tell me the, the, the background and experience of Doreen Bartoldis. Wow. And, and so two of those paragraphs that I read came out of ChatGPT. So you, you're there, you are there, you have made it yeah, uh, into the so. world. Of, and it wasn't one of those, because sometimes if I, I put questions as I play with it. I'm just starting to use it a bit. And I find it very interesting, actually, and useful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, occasion I'll put a question in there because back says, eh, I ain't got, I got nothing for you. You know, right. so, so I got to either phrase the question differently or just figure out another way to learn something that I'm interested in learning. So, so, tech, well, so, tech, 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 so talk about technologies. Uh, yes. Well, just quickly on that, I remember years ago, a woman came up to me and it's when Google just sort of the whole internet Google thing just started. And she walked up to me and said, you know, I saw that you hiked such and such and whatever, and you run, and you run uh, 5Ks or whatever. And I was like, I got a little scared. I'm like, how do you know that? She goes, well, I Googled you. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, yeah, I'm out there. I'm up there. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and technology, yes. I mean, um, the other technologies, you know, like BIM and uh, things that are, uh, helping move construction along, and, you know, the, and technology is also another place where women can really contribute, too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so there's the technologies that are like, say, physical assist technologies. Mm-hmm. There's are technologies mm-hmm. that can take a place, like a drone that can go, go fly over, and somebody can fly that. Anybody can fly that. I mean, not me, but like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> on it. Um, and I used to. I want to learn how to fly a drone, um, using AI to do research, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, BIM technologies, and now they have digital twins. Um, and then, you know, all the SharePoint and document the way you can save time. So for instance, um, being able to work remotely too, right? So construction, you know, a lot of us kept going to the field, right? During COVID and stuff, but there was sort of this little bit of a pull apart to say, there are people who can do their jobs remotely. So that means nobody... We don't have to all travel to the site to be there to do the thing, right? Mm-hmm. We can do some of these things for further apart. And even right now, I have um, a couple of people who are, you know, working on payments and they're doing it in a shared folder with the contractor. So they're mm-hmm. making real-time edits and, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, that's a simple technology now if you think about it, but mm-hmm. but it's getting things done so much faster rather than, here, give me a payment, make corrections, hand it back, you know, or even sending the spreadsheet by email. It's getting on a shared folder. The two of you go through the comments together. Things happen so much quicker as a result. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. 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 What, what, uh, what's your experience? There also, you know, there's, there's been over the, over the decades in the last few in particular, uh, changes in approach to project delivery. Um, you know, again, at one point in time, we were talking about IPD, integrated project delivery. Now it seems like there's more and more conversation with regards to lean, 
uh, in construction. Mm -hmm. uh, which, uh, have you had any experience with uh, with uh, lean projects? I I have not had personal experience with it. I have mm -hmm. taught it mm -hmm. because Dennis, I have to go back and uh, just thank you for like when we met many years ago when you were professional development, I was professional development in my chapter and you gave me the go ahead to go ahead and teach uh, mm -hmm. the, the courses that were being taught at the time. And uh, that turned me into an adjunct professor for wow. Stevens Tech. So um, I've looked into lean a lot. I think it's a, so now I work more on the consultant side than the construction side. So the mm -hmm. contractor construction contractor side. So I actually not have, have not seen lean put into place. Mm -hmm. um, but the other processes like uh, risk management and, um, you know, the IPD, the integrated project delivery is great. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, in my New York City area, they're not really ready for that. But mm -hmm. we're just getting into like design builds and, uh, and uh, you know, and there's other collaborative type of partnering type of uh, um, contracts that are coming mm -hmm. in also, you know, mm -hmm. uh, collaborative partners or something is that, is that what it's called when I was at Jacobs? Um, they've been talking about that. So, um, yeah, so delivery methods are changing. Unfortunately, that goes a little slow too. And it depends on where you are. New York, we're a little slower at that because they like the red tape and the bureaucracy and the check, mm -hmm. all the checks, you know, checks and balances. So we're doing the design bid build is really still a thing for them. Um, you know, I, I, most of my career has been in a, a third party CM you mm -hmm. know, overseeing mm -hmm. and managing projects. Um, but yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And there, you know, I know DDC, one of our clients, they, they have tried in the past, like not, maybe you're not integrated and maybe you're not contracted together, but you're all sitting in the same place so that you're all sharing the same space so that mm -hmm. you're all collaborating at the same time and mm -hmm. getting things done. Similar to those two guys working on the payments together. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I think, I think I answered your question, but. Uh, I'm, yeah, no, you did. No, that's yeah. good. Mm -hmm. um, you you probably know from you probably did a little bit of uh, you know checking on what what I've been up to and maybe looking at my website or. <laughs> I listened to, to a lot of podcasts on my way to DC last week. That's Have you? Oh, really? And yes. were they were, were they the softest steel podcast? By yes. Chance? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, and how, how did you find them? How did you find them, Doreen, to listen to? <laughs> well, I drive a nice Tesla, and all I do is search podcasts, and I can put in softest steel, and there you came up, you popped up, and I listened to like wow. three or four of them. Yes. Good. Maybe Good. more. I don't know. I mean, and then I, I also got your book. I downloaded your book, Soft the Steel. Well, thank you. Thank you. This is great. We're gonna have, this is going to be the highlight of the entire interview is you promoting me. I think it's a beautiful thing. There you go. You and know? I think it's great because you made it like a workbook. I thought that was awesome. You made oh, it like thank a you. Well, so you really, did, you really did download the book. All right. Good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's you know it's been it's been an interesting journey uh, mm -hmm. over the last several years. I'm me. sure. Uh, I'm sure. But, and and as you you know if you if you Go through the old. I think we have. I think I'm up to about episode 52 or so. There, there's a not, not, not. There's more than than a few people that you know uh, that yes. I that I've interviewed, mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. I've got more. I've got more coming up around the corner. I've got. I've, I finally was able to corral Palmina, uh, Palmina Whalen to, to have a conversation. Awesome. Which will be fun. She's terrific. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in fact, it seems like uh, lately I've been uh, I've been uh, been inviting and having more women on my podcast. I was going to make that comment to you, Dennis. You know, I think there's one yeah. or two women in that list. <laughs> there, there, there. Well, you know, because so now there'll be know, more. That'd be great. That's awesome. That, well, I'm going to continue to add to that. I think that's. <laughs> I think that's a positive trend. Yeah. So, so you also know that you know that my you know my whole thing my 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 vantage point 
you know, in, includes in talking about how we, how we are how we are to each other in the construction industry. Mm-hmm. I include words like love mm-hmm. and inclusion and social justice and servant leadership uh, and also extreme leadership. Right. What makes sense to you as far as the outlook that you have towards your industry, how you operate in your industry? Using some of my terminology, does that stuff work for you? Yes, it's just not the same language I would normally use, but I would mm-hmm. say it's what develops my teams. I've always been a group leader. I've always had large teams. I could honestly say if anybody said, I have had a lot of people say like I was the best, except for the guy who said I was bossy, that I'm the, yeah, been the best boss they ever had. But it's really yeah. because, and you know, you can generalize about women leadership or something because, of, I don't know, the nurturing thing, whatever. But it's more like you got to care about people. Yes. Construction, I really do see construction as a people business. I mean, yeah. I learned my engineering, I learned the technical side of construction, but I also discovered it's really about people. It's really mm-hmm. about getting along with people. It's knowing where they're coming from. It's understanding what their motivations are. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I mentioned this to you or not. I, you know, sometimes people ask you, what's your superpower, right? Mm-hmm. And I say, my superpower is I can sit at a meeting and listen. Mm-hmm. And I may not get it all right all the time, but I listen to people and I start to understand their motivation. I start to see like, oh, that guy's a little angry at something. Let's let him let out what he's got to say. Let me see if I can get something out of that. Or that woman over there, she's being really quiet, but she looks like she's really listening and observing. I might have to pull something out of her later. You know what I mean? So it's, it's I always observe what's going on in the room and understand where the people are coming from in order to help build consensus or in order to help understand, you know, how we're going to get through that day, right? And building consensus is a tough thing. And I think that's something I've been pretty successful at. I think it comes from that caring, mm-hmm. loving, listening to people and understanding where they are, where they're coming from, where you're meeting yeah. people, where they're at. So yeah. I think that's part of it. That's really well said encapsulates a lot of uh, mm-hmm. the fundamentals of uh, what it means to use your soft skills, yes. which is my term. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny, I'm delivering a couple of training classes here in Wheeling, West Virginia. Oh. That's where I'm speaking to you from. Okay. And one of the thoughts that came to my mind, and I'll kind of wrap up at least my comments with that, and that is that I talk with folks a lot about the fact that your reason for existing in a company organization mm. is to do a job. Yes. You know, you're hired to do a job. But as things continue to change, is is that we transition from one generation to another, is we deal with issues with regarding social justice, equity, inclusion, et cetera, et cetera. But what's really important, it's really not about what your job is. It's about how you are when you're doing your job. Right. And I hear that kind of a sentiment in the way you describe Mm -hmm. just kind of trying to read people, not to label them, but just to try to, to use the information that's available to you in order to make a decision about what do I or do I not say to that person, to bring them in, to make a connection with them, those kinds of things. And that's all living in the world of Mm -hmm. using your qualities in order to first make a connection, but then do what I know you've done over the entire span of your career. And that Mm -hmm. is to build long-term relationships. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. because you and I both met a long time ago. Yes. (laughs) And here we are all those years later reconnecting. But again, there's something in just how this connection felt that suggests that that we're both pretty interesting people and you are incredibly interesting. Thank you. And this has been an awful conversation. It has to end now, Doreen. It has to end. Well, you know, the battery will die on my phone or something. Okay. Awesome. Dennis, I so appreciate you having me on.
it's so good to reconnect. And I think we just have to do this more often. Absolutely. And, you know, we'll chat, we'll get together in the field, or, you know, whatever we can do. Would yes. be great. Yeah, good. Thank you so much, Doreen. Thank you, Dennis. Bye. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Softest Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran. Dennis is the author of Softest Steel and a leading speaker and trainer for organizations across many industries and verticals. To learn more about the work Dennis is doing to activate soft skills in the workplace, contact him at DennisDuranSpeaking.com. Be sure to check out his book, Softest Steel, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. And please remember to share this episode with your friends, colleagues, and anyone you feel would benefit from the conversation. We'll see you next time on the Softest Steel Podcast with Dennis Duran. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.